everyone. My name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Uh, it is a uh, it, it is a special uh, privilege to have my my dad, my grandpa up here today. My my dad, Pastor Randy, is actually going to be preaching today. He's going to be delivering the word. I've uh, I've been very much looking forward to this, and um, I I believe he's got something special for you. And for those who have not heard him preach, uh, you're about to, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be a treat. It's going to be a treat. Why don't we welcome him as he as he comes up and just tell him how grateful we are that he is here. I've been looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this. And uh, to see so many brand new faces since we've been up here before is a treat. Absolute treat. What a day it is to be here on this Pastor Appreciation Day. Uh, what a delight it is. I was, I was thinking about when Joshua was uh, dedicating your babies. I was thinking that when we do that at home, if we give the Bibles out, one of the things that we like to mention is moms and dads put this Bible in their pen and let them chew on it. Don't, don't let them be afraid of it. Word of God isn't something to be afraid of. Let them chew on it, chew on it, and chew on it. And then I usually end by saying, if I had more adults chewing on the Bible, we'd have less problems in the church. Amen? So let them chew on it. Then I got to thinking about, as I was watching uh, Pastor Josh today, uh, and I was also watching these children that were up here. And children you're going to be dedicating next week. And I thought, you know, when we look, when we look at children, we're dedicating them. Most of the time we go, oh, God. Thank you. Let me just tell you something, moms and dads. There will come a time you're going to say, oh, God. But it's like, oh, God, not again. <laughs> but we love them anyway. We see them through. You're also going to find out, if you haven't already, that kids are different. Amen? Right? Same mom, same dad, just different personalities. And um, we had two. We had Jeremiah, or we had uh, uh, Joshua, and we had Caleb. And totally different personalities. Uh, Caleb, uh, some of you have met Caleb. Caleb is like uh, gung-ho, where is the roof? I want to jump off. Uh, let me parachute out. Uh, let me fight 20 at one time. Uh, you know, that's Caleb. That's my son. Uh, I remember we was in California, and I, I, lived, I used to ride dirt bikes. I love, I love, love dirt bikes. And so we had this big acreage. 
and uh, I got Caleb <laughs> back in the bike, and we were going up this big hill, and <clears throat> there was a tree root that had come across the road. I didn't see the tree root. We was going up that hill, and we hit, and that sucker, can I say sucker in your church? I know you can at our church. It, at our church, it's all out there, you know, so... So it, that bike goes straight up and over, and, and me and Caleb, were laying on the ground. And I looked at him, and I said, hey, what do you think? He says, let's do it again. <laughs> so after that, I went and got Joshua. And I said, Josh, I want you to ride on this. And Josh said, uh-uh. And I said, no, Josh, it'll be okay. We can do this. He said, uh-uh. And I said, you're going to get on this bike. You may only do it once, but you're going to get on this bike. Now, see, those were years ago where things were different, you know. <laughs> Nowadays, you know, when you're raising kids, you got, like, time out, and you got to talk to them nice because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, back then, you would just get your butt on or I'll spank it. I don't care. You know, it's up to you. And so, different time, guys, different time, okay? And so he finally got on the back, and we took off, and I decided I probably will not going to get him on this one time, so we're going to have a good time. <laughs> and see, we are going, and he is squeezing, and I'm having a good time. And finally, we hit, I was going to go through this water. And so we hit the water, and I didn't realize how deep it was. <clears throat> and... And it was, it was so deep, it stalled the bike out. So I, I got it out of there, and then I noticed I had lost a passenger. And I looked up, and so help me, Joshua, 100 miles an hour, was hightailing it back to the house. And I said, Joshua, get back here on this bike, or I'm going to spank you. He never looked back. <laughs> So, so just because they're the same mom and the same dad don't mean they act the same when they get there, okay? Uh, I looked around today and I uh, looked over at my dad and I said, with, with, with all kinds of wonderful pride, Joshua. Chelsea is building quite a little church here. And we are so proud of Josh and Chelsea. And we're proud of all of you. We're proud of all. Let me just tell you something. In a church, you got three different kinds of people. You got some people, they're just there. You don't really know if they're there or not. They're just there. Those are good people. They don't cause you a problem. That's it. Then you got people that they're doers. They just get things done. Every pastor wants people to get things done. They don't cause you a problem. They just ask you what else needs to happen. Need a table put up? Your chairs put up? Oh, you need me to pass out cards to let the neighborhood know there's a great church here? I'm your man. I'm your lady. Then you have those. You, you pray a lot. 
And most of your prayers are, God, shouldn't they be in heaven right now? No, I mean, that's, that sounds horrible. I, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it sounds so bad. That sounds so bad. And... Sharon, you didn't think I was going to change just because I came up here, did you? And when you got Donovan, Anna, and their kids from us, you got the ones that we were saying, didn't want them to go. They were an asset to our church. When you got Sharon, you got someone that was an asset to our church. But when you got Josh, you got someone that knew how to put all the pieces together. And we are so very, very proud of Joshua and Chelsea. And of course, Asher. Asher's the one that makes it worthwhile coming up here if you want to know the truth. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, listen, I know you, I know you got, we got food back there. Um, and when you have a guest speaker come in, uh, I've had hundreds of them come in. And there's a couple things you hope for. <laughs> Number one, please don't be long-winded. Please don't, don't do it. And secondly, you hope that the guy that comes in isn't going to bore my people to death. So even if I'm boring, I can tell you this, I'm not long-winded, all right? Let's turn around to somebody real quick and say hallelujah for that. Amen. Go with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 1. I'm, I'm getting over the junk, uh, which means... I've got a little bit of a lingering cough. You're just going to have to put up with that. When I say the junk, I don't have the, I didn't have the, the, the COVID stuff, so don't, don't shun me, okay? <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 1, we're going to read two verses of Scripture. We'll have another one here in a little bit. Two verses of Scripture. Here's what it says. Verses 2 and 3. It is an 11-day journey from Horeb, by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Now it came to pass in the 40th year. Say 40th year. Okay, I need you to catch that. It came to pass in the 40th year. They have now left Egypt. And 40 years later, they're still moving forward. It came to pass in the 40th year in the 11th month. On the first day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to him. Go back to verse number two. Now remember, how many years? 40. Now, to begin this off, it says it's an 11-day journey. How long did it take to get there? 40. Every once in a while, it's going to stop so you can think. In the Bible, there's a word called selah. It just means stop, pause, and think. You ever know them people that they just talk so much and never stop and think? 
Have you ever met anybody? It's like you're trying to say something. They don't take a breath. Don't point at them. Don't, no, 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 no. The people of the people of the nation of Israel, they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. In other words, now get this. In other words, they turned a less than two-week journey into a 40-year marathon. One person said it like this. The children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness making an 11-day trip because they had wilderness mentality. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse number 6, here's what it says. The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, or Mount Sinai, you have stayed here, get this folks, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. So I'm going to ask you something this morning before we pray. Is it possible? Is it just possible that you have stayed where you are in your Christian experience long enough? Have you tackled the mountain you're on Enough. Is it time to tackle another mountain? Let me give you a few things this morning that will keep you in the desert or going around the same mountain. Father, for the next few moments, as always, whether it's Roseburg or Springfield, I got to have your help. I've learned a long time ago, Lord, that if you don't help me, we might as well pack up and go on home. I need you. All I have is words. But Holy Spirit, you have a way of taking the words and adding power to them. I can only talk, but Lord, you can change lives. I need you today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So here's some stuff that will keep you in the wilderness. Number one, if you're writing stuff down, write this down. Here it is. Bad thoughts produce bad attitudes. Have you ever met somebody with a bad attitude? Aren't they wonderful to be around? I mean, don't you just wake up every morning saying, God, bring somebody into my life with a bad attitude. I mean, they have a way of ruining your day. How are you doing today? Too hot. Oh, how are you doing today? Too cold. Come to church. Music too loud. Music not loud enough. Preacher preaches too long. Preacher preaches too short. Preacher has gray hair. Preacher has no hair. I mean, the attitude sucks. It doesn't matter what their life is like. It just sucks. Bad thoughts produces bad attitudes. In Numbers chapter 20, verses 2, 3, and 4, here's what it says. 
Now, there was no water for the community. The people gathered in opposition to Moses or gathered in opposition to the leader. Verse number three, they quarreled <coughs> with Moses or they quarreled with the leader and they said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Verse number four, why did you bring the Lord's community, talking to the leader, why did you bring the Lord's community into the desert that we and our livestock should die here? Bad thoughts, started with a thought, produces bad attitudes. You don't just wake up with a bad attitude. Let me just ask you this. This isn't in the notes, but have you ever had a bad dream and wake up with a bad attitude? Do you know there are times that I wake up in the morning and I'm in trouble because my wife had a bad dream? Ever happened? Yeah, of course it's happened. If you're married, it's happened. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. And I wake up and I say, but Lisa, I can't fight your dream. Well, I'll tell you what my, I, but I didn't do it. It doesn't matter. Her thoughts got her and then I got it. When you allow your thoughts to go the wrong direction, it will affect your attitude. I'm going down Garden Valley one day, and uh, I've, I've told everybody, this is no secret, Garden Valley is in Roseburg, uh, one of our main streets. And I've told everybody, I, I, I'm not, I'm, it's not that I'm not a good driver, it's not that I'm a bad driver, it's that I am a distracted driver. As a matter of fact, on the way up here today, my dad actually said, whoa. And then he said this. He said this. I, 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 I don't have a sermon. I don't have a sermon. I don't have a sermon. I'm not ready. He actually said something else that I won't repeat here. I'm going down Garden Valley. And I'm, I, listen, I figure God gives me eyes to look at the beauty. Driving or not, I need to see the beauty, what's around me. So I'm driving down Garden Valley, and Fred Meyer's coming up on the left, and somebody, I, I guess they didn't like the way I was driving. Maybe I got too close. Don't know. But apparently when they turned into Fred Meyer, they were going to let me know. So as, I, as they turned in, they waved at me, you know, with one finger. Uh... Until they realized I was their pastor. How quickly one finger turned into a wave. Bad attitudes. Would that not be embarrassing? Do you think I actually told about that next Sunday? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pointed them out. <laughs> it's easy to see that the children of Israel right here. It's easy to see their attitudes are all messed up. Somehow they have forgotten it is their, watch this. Somehow they have forgotten that it is their own unbelief that has them in the place that they are at right there. And isn't it amazing when we end up in a place where we have put ourselves 
and then want to blame everybody else. And most of the time, we want to blame God. Why'd you do this? Why'd they do this? When sometimes we need to take a good look in the mirror and say, no, why did I do this? One of the things I appreciate about your pastor is uh, I wish I was as good as him. I, I tell people at the time, when I grow up, I'm going to be just like Joshua. One of the things about your pastor that I appreciate is a positive attitude. I cannot tell you how many times that I've called him and I have said, how's your service today? And he begins it like this. Well, Dad, we had people out sick today and we were a little down, but boy, did we have a good service. So I always got something positive to say. I can't tell you how many pastors there are around our nation that their service depends on how many people show up not did the presence of the Lord show up <clears throat> second thing I want to tell you is this bad attitudes are the fruit of bad thoughts if you find yourself with a bad attitude take a look at what you've been thinking about or accepting into your mind by somebody else and ask yourself, is that thought taking root and producing fruit that everybody else sees? Now, you can't help from having a bad thought. I don't care who you, you're not holy enough to keep from having a bad thought. Somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'm going to tell you right here for the world to know it, I have a quickly bad thought. Whether I allow it to stay in me and affect my attitude is two totally different things. Amen? When you're heading out of here and you, uh, hopefully you don't, and you trip on a chair, I guarantee you on the way down, you're not going, Hallelujah, thank you Jesus for this. No. But whether or not we're going to keep that bad thought is going to produce or not produce my attitude on the other end. Sometimes we allow people to hold us back from where we're going. You ever had that happen? You ever? Donovan, come here for a second. Uh, Anna, come here for a second. Now, Anna, I want you to stand. I want you to watch this. Anna, stand in front of him and look at me. Both of you guys face me, okay? Now, now watch this. Put your hands straight out. Now don't move those feet. Put those hands straight out. Now grab my hand. Not going to do it, are you? Can't move the feet. All right? Now watch this. You can get as close to God as you want to get, depending on what your attitude is. Try it again. Don't you move those feet. Don't move the feet. Go ahead. Now, depending on where she positions herself depends on whether or not she can touch my hand. Okay, step a couple of steps. Right there, stop. Don, we come in behind her. Put your hands around her waist. Now, watch this, guys. Kids, watch this. Don't let her move. If you're man enough, don't let her move. <laughs> Now watch this. 
Watch this. He's going to pay for that when he gets home. All right. So grab that hand. Now go ahead. If you want it, you grab that hand right there. Okay, and I want to watch. Thank you, kids. Go ahead and have a seat. Now watch this. Watch this. Number one, depending on where she positions herself, she could have got a hold of my hand. So number one, depending on where you position yourself with your love for Jesus Christ will depend on whether or not you can touch him when you need him. Did you hear what I just said? That's all on you. That's not on the preacher. That's not on the evangelist today. That's all on you. Well, pastor, how do I do that? You do that with your prayer life. You do that with your devotions. You do that with who you hang around with. You do that with what you watch, what you listen to. And depending on how close I want to get to the Lord, I can get there by my attitude being right and giving everything that I have to him. Now, number two, you watched him hold her back. Sometimes our company that we put ourselves in will hold us back from where we need to get. And some, listen to me very carefully right here. I tell my church all the time, most people, listen to me kids, most people live in the past. They bring the past to their present and their present becomes their future, which means they're always living in the what? In the past. So the only way that you can get to the future is by cutting your past loose, enjoying today and getting ready for what God has for you tomorrow. <laughs> If you find yourself with a bad attitude, take a good look at what you've been thinking about, what you've been watching, what you've been accepting into your mind by somebody else. If I'm around somebody that tells me I'm a bad preacher, if I'm around somebody that says, you can't carry a tune, if I'm around somebody that says, I know you just had a birthday, but I don't care if you are 85, you don't look good for 85. I think I look pretty good for 85. If you ever want to compliment, that's what you do, just lie about your age. When I get around people that are discouraging, you want to know what I do? I don't hang around those people anymore. Did you hear what I just said? If you're around people that are discouraging, take your hiney and move it to somebody else. Quit hanging around people that are discouraging to you. All right? All right. Are you getting this? Okay, I got four of you. I'll keep preaching until we all get in there together. All right? The Israelites were, this, here's, here's the next thing. The Israelites were living with a lack of an attitude of gratitude. They complained practically the whole time. Instead of seeing they were on their way to their rightful home, the promised land, they began to complain that they had it better where they came from. Now let me remind everybody where they came from. They were slaves in Egypt. They didn't have their own home. They were beaten. They were assaulted. They were raped. They were the lowest in the land. They were used for Pharaoh's entertainment 
and his own personal workforce. And yet they're saying, we have it better where we came from. Isn't it amazing how we can at times forget how bad something was when we're get, not getting what we want in the present? How much further along would we be if we could simply learn how to appreciate where we're at? How to appreciate what God's already done for us? How difficult is it to simply one day just look up and say, Hey, thank you, God. Look where I'm at. I came in this morning and I got a free donut. I walked in, one of the young ladies had a donut. I said, why did you get the donut? She said, well, let me show you. And she took me in the back. Sometimes we just need to be thankful for the small things. I hadn't eaten anything this morning. I come into church ready to go to work and I got a free donut. How many can say, listen to me carefully, how many can say if God doesn't do anything else for me, he has already done enough for me. Hallelujah. He sent his son Jesus Christ to planet earth. He sent his son from a place of perfection to imperfection. He sent his son from a place of angelic beings that were moving around him saying, Hosanna, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, and sent him to a place where they spit on him, they mocked him, they called him a devil. He sent him to a place where he lived for 33 years, and then he was beaten, he was mocked, he was spit on, he was crucified, he died, and then three days later he came out of a grave. I've come by here to tell somebody if he doesn't do anything else, he has done enough for me. I call him my master. I call him my savior. He is my king. And not only that, he is my soon coming king. And he's coming any day now. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to live with an attitude of gratitude. I can almost see Donovan Anna right now. They're going, I forgot how loud he was. <laughs> what I really heard Donovan say is, he spit on me again. <laughs> we need to live with an attitude of gratitude. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Powerful. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure and lovely and good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Lord, thank you for all you've done. I could have been nothing going nowhere, but you brought me up and you saved me. One more thing. Last thing. Get your head up. Quit walking like you're a nothing going nowhere. And realize that God has made you a somebody going somewhere. But Pastor, you don't know what I have been through. No, I don't. But I know this. I know what I've been through. And what 
but I didn't think there was any way out. God came to my rescue. And simple words were this. Get your head up. I've already conquered where you're going. Listen carefully. I've already conquered where you're going. I've already opened the door of success for you. I just need you to walk forward. Several years ago, I just want to share with you what God can do. Several years ago, um, we, were, we were at a strip mall. That's where our church was at at the time. In walks this Samoan Hawaiian guy. He is a mountain. He's huge. He walks in, he's quiet. Walks in, sits down. After the service, it was on a Mother's Day. After the service, he walked up to me. I had no clue who he was. He walked up to me and he said, he hands me a $100 bill. And he says, I lost my lady and my baby. I'd like for you to take your wife and your, your mom. My mom was alive at that time. I want you to take them out to eat. I want you to eat. He was too big for me to argue with. And I said, okay. He comes back the next week. And the next week, and I walk over to him, I don't know, second or third week, and I I began to talk with him. I said, got to know him. his name is Stu. And I just made this broad comment. I said, You're big. I said, uh, everybody big where you come from? He said, Yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. I said, uh, you ever play football? Come to find out, he didn't have time to play football because he spent most of his time in the penitentiary. I said, uh, you ever play football? No, no, my son plays a little football. And I expected him to say that he played for Roseburg. And I said, really? I said, well, who's he played for? And he said, well, he, he's a starting guard for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I said, hmm, a little higher up than Roseburg. I said, okay, so we got acquainted, and we became very good friends. Now, my wife is not as outgoing as I am. She's a little more reserved. Would you say that, Anna? A little more reserved. You don't think she's like me at all? Yeah, that's what I thought. So so a little more reserved, and uh, so I'm hanging out with Stu one day, and I said, what are you doing? Well, nothing. So let's go out to eat. We go out to eat. Get to be a little bit later. I said, well, where do you stay? I said, just come home, spend the night with us. Hmm. I didn't call Lisa. I didn't ask Lisa. So we show up. And Lisa said, can I, can I see you in the back bedroom, please? Well, I knew what that meant. Uh, she was not going to give me a kiss. Uh, it was bad. But we go in the back. She said, what have you done? I have children here. I don't know him. Do you see how big he is? He could kill us all. 
That, I'm, I'm being serious. He said, chill out. He's a great guy. How do you know? I know. Well, it's too late to kick him out now, right? So, come to find out, next morning, he comes out. We have breakfast, and he didn't even sleep in the bed. He slept on the floor. Because of his custom, it would have been disrespectful to do that. Well, we got tighter acquainted, tighter. Lisa fell in love with him. I fell in love with him. He'd come to church. One day, while we gave an invitation, this big monster of a man walks forward to the altar. And he says, I want this Jesus you're talking about. He gives his heart to the Lord. Come to find out what he did for a living he was an, an enforcer for one of the cartels. He was a guy, if you didn't pay your bills, you paid your bills. As we are walking out to the side of the church, he says, Pastor, hold your hand out. I held my hand out and he, he put, it's gorgeous, he put this ring in my hand. And he said, Pastor, it's the finest piece that I have. Now, can I be real honest with you? When I took it, I'm looking for a finger in there. I'm looking for blood. I, you know, I had no idea. So when I wear this ring, I'm reminded of what God can do in somebody's life that other people said he can never be saved. And I come by here this morning to tell you this ring reminds me of what he can do in your life. No matter where you come from, no matter what your name is, no matter what your background is, this tells me he can do anything for anybody at any time that will just simply say, I need help. And he'll do it for you. Would you bow your heads? Father, thank you for this day for this time. Oh God, I'm going to say a little bit more about my son, whom I'm so proud of in just a moment, but right here and right now, I feel the unction of the Spirit. I'm asking you to touch every individual in this place and touch their lives. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to make this quick. If you're here today and you simply say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Or maybe I've accepted the Lord, but I got to tell you, attitude just hasn't been good lately. There's been some things that have happened that I've, I don't know, Pastor, maybe I've slipped a little bit. If that's you, I just want you, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just want you to lift your hand in the air and back down. That's all I want you to do. God bless you. You you and you. 
Could you say this with me, please, everybody? Would you say, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you today, walk into my heart. Forgive me my sins. And Lord, if I've slipped a little bit, then I'm asking you to pull me close. And today, I give you my all. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us at New Beginnings Family. We appreciate you listening and hope that the message was encouraging, inspiring, challenging, that ultimately it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions for us or would like to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us at www.nbfamily.net. Thank you so much. We love you. Have an amazing day. And thank you for all your support. We'll see you next time.